Hi, my name is Angelo Giomatteo. I hosted a podcast called Stories. I still do, and I plan to release episodes from time to time. On that podcast, I let my friends tell you their stories as we chatted about life and identity. But now, as I reach a corner in my life, I want to tell you my story. It's been a challenging time for me, and it's asked me to reflect on who I am and what I've been through. So now, I'm going to be vulnerable and let you in, because this is who I am. There are still things I'm not comfortable sharing, but I hope that my words help someone who might not be ready to tell their story. If I'm going to bring this podcast to life, I'm going to have to let you into my life and tell you about who I am, what I'm passionate about, what I'm curious about, what I'm angry about, what I'm anxious about, and also what I'm hopeful for. So, here's my story. I'm a storyteller, an advocate, and a community builder. I'm a proud Filipino-Canadian immigrant from Toronto. I'm an aspiring policy professional, but I dream about being a creative and a filmmaker, or maybe one day open up my own coffee shop. I drink way too much coffee, and maybe spend too much money on geishas and anaerobic coffees, if you know what I mean. And when I'm feeling emotional, I order noodles and bubble tea. I'm a big Raptors fan. Some of my earliest memories of being in Canada as a kid was watching Vince Carter with my grandpa. I wrote out those bad years, when Chris Bosch left and we were left with DeMar DeRozan and, uh, you know, Primo Pasta, Andrea Bargnani. I watched the Raptors' ascension into playoffs contenders under DeMar, Lowry, and Masai's leadership. I felt emotional when DeMar was traded for Kawhi Leonard. I watched Kyle Lowry lift up the NBA championship trophy in 2019. I have a picture of that moment framed above my bed. I celebrated on the streets of Toronto, watching the city I love erupt with joy. I grew up listening to Fall Out Boy, Jason Mraz, Kanye West, 3-6 Mafia, and Paramore, among some other music. My favorite movies in high school were Juno and Inception. I could bust out all of the memorable quotes from Juno. Honest to blog? That ain't no etch-a-sketch. That's one doodle you can't undid, home skillet. And the right person will still think the sun shines out of your ass. Broken Social Scene are my musical and hometown heroes. I listen to them all the time. I've gotten to know a few of the members just being around the music scene in Toronto. You know how they say, never meet your heroes? Well, they're actually pretty awesome. I listen to LCD Sound System, Lost Campesinos, Bon Iver, Phoenix, Stars, Julian Baker, Run the Jewels, Passion Pit, Chance the Rapper, and really anything. You know that cliche, oh, I'll listen to anything except for country? Well, I hate that cliche, but honestly, I'm open to anything, you know? Tell me that there's a show around the corner and I'll come with you. I cry every time I listen to The Antlers Hospice. One of my favorite albums of all time. We'll have to talk about that record. Because I'll tell anyone who listens about how the album is about a hospice nurse falling in love with a terminally ill patient, watching her die, and learning how to live again. All as a metaphor for emotional abuse. Anyway. In the summertime, I love driving with the windows down, blasting Tokyo Police Club. I think that's just perfect summer music. I've obsessively listened this year to Diet Sig's Do You Wonder About Me and Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. Probably my two ALTYs. 
And if you give me even the slightest opportunity, I will rant to you about why Carly Rae Jepsen is the GOAT and the Queen, and her 2015 album, Emotion, is one of the best pop albums of the 2010s. And yes, I still listen to Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy every once in a while. That's a complicated topic, knowing what we know now about Kanye, his struggles with bipolar disorder, his relationship with Donald Trump, and his failed 2020 presidential run. But I promise you, I'll revisit it soon for the album's 10-year anniversary. If you take a look at my letterbox profile, my top four favorite films are Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Before Sunrise, and the whole Before series altogether, In the Mood for Love, and Columbus. But I also love Lost in Translation, Mood Indigo, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Hot Fuzz, The Royal Tenenbaums, Arrival, Incendie, 5 Centimeters per Second, and Parasite. The classics are also great. Cleo from 5 to 7, Casablanca, you know, here's looking at you kid. And my favorite four directors are Richard Linklater, Denis Villeneuve, Christopher Nolan, and Edgar Wright. And trust me. We'll be talking about movies a lot. I went to the University of Toronto and studied international relations and history. I was part of Trinity College, but, you know, looking back now, I don't know if I made the right decision. I was a leader in the student government, though. I was involved in the TCM, the Trinity College meetings, and at one time I served as a deputy chair. I served on the U of T Students Union Board of Directors. I wanted to be at the table making decisions. I wanted to change things from the inside, make places like Trinity College better for people like me, for people of color. Well, let's just say, it wasn't a fun time. I dedicated a lot of my time at U of T to Model UN. I served on the United Nations Society Executive for most of my undergrad, and served as the president in 2013 and 2014. I competed at conferences, and I was good. I won awards, and even when I didn't win awards, I was proud of how I did because I was diplomatic, I built alliances around me, and most importantly, I wrecked other people's chances at winning. Just because they were private school kids who went to places like Harvard and Georgetown and Carleton and thought they were better than everyone else. So if I can't win that gavel, which is what you win when you succeed... I made it my personal mission to take those people down and deny those kids the gavel. But here's the thing. I didn't have great grades. I love what I was studying, but I just couldn't study. I couldn't do the readings. I couldn't write my essays. There were days where I couldn't get out of bed, and my professors noticed when I stopped showing up for class. I was failing courses. I thought I was lazy, a failure. I wasn't good enough. Here's the thing about mental illness. You don't know something is wrong at first, but it slowly starts to wreck your life as you grow older. But you don't know what it is, so you just blame yourself. I remember in high school, days where I would just feel shitty. Stretches at a time where I would have really dark thoughts. And I put them down on paper sometimes. When I had a poetry assignment, my writing was just depressing. My teachers, you know, they actually noticed that. But then I had stretches of days where I could stay up until 4am, or even not sleep, but I still could do anything during the day. It felt great. So when I got to undergrad and started to live on my own, I had days and nights where I would spend 20 plus hours in bed, unable to get up. I'd maybe wake up at 10pm, bike over to get all you can eat Korean barbecue, eat way too much, go back to bed, 
scroll social media, and then fall asleep at, I don't know, maybe 2am. But then there were those nights where I just couldn't sleep. So I walked everywhere in downtown Toronto for hours, doing just absolutely nothing. Maybe I'd get groceries at 2am at the 24-hour metro at Fronton Church. Maybe I'd bike over to the Lakeview, get a milkshake. And by the way, the Lakeview has the best milkshakes in Toronto, and I will fight to defend that. And then I'd stay there until the sun came up. There was this one time I actually built an Ikea bed by myself, and I started at 1am and I went the whole night. But then that darkness came. Oh, that sweet, comforting, terrifying, painful darkness. I wanted to sit in that darkness. There's a poem, supposedly written by Abraham Lincoln when he was younger, where he was using a pseudonym. It's pretty well known among historians that Lincoln suffered from quote-unquote melancholia, what we now call depression. And he says, To ease me of this power to think, through which my bosom raves, a headlong leap from hell's high brink, and wallow in its waves. And how I love to wallow in the darkness. It felt so good. It still feels so good. But it also hurts so much. But I kept going. I don't know why. I just did. I still do. It's like I have this unfinished journey and I can't stop now. Words mean a lot to me. And I always held on to this famous poem by Robert Frost. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I've got promises to keep. And mouse to go before I sleep, mouse to go before I sleep. That's how I feel, and I tell myself those words to keep myself going. The darkness threatens to take me every once in a while, but at the end of 2015, it came really close. But I chose to stay and get help. I have friends who chose their own exits, and I still love them and miss them. I think a lot about them in my own experiences, and I start to feel guilty. But I'm lucky to still be here, and I'm proud to keep the torch going for them, for me, for us. In 2016, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. I dropped out of school for the year to take care of myself. I saw many different psychiatrists, and psychologists, and psychotherapists, and anyone you can think of because I was desperate for help. I tried different medications, which really fucked me up with all of the different effects they had on me. I thought I was alone. I thought my friends abandoned me. But my family and my friends, they were all there, supporting me, cheering me on to keep going. On my birthday in December 2016, I went to see Tokyo Police Club play at the Mod Club, rest in peace to yet another Toronto music venue, with my friend Andrea. And then we went to the Lakeview, all sweaty, to meet up with Amy to have milkshakes and food. After the worst year of my life, I had one of the best birthdays, just being there with two of my closest friends who truly cared about me, while I was sipping a strawberry banana milkshake. And yes, they use real bananas, that's what makes them so good. And at the end of the year, I started dating Rebecca. We were staff at the same time at Graham Library on campus, but we maybe had two, maybe three interactions at most. She moved on from Graham by the time we started talking. We both reacted to a post about LC's sound system in 2016, and I thought, oh, whoa, hey, she was pretty cool. Let me shoot my shot. Almost four years later, we're still together. She's been my partner and my biggest supporter. I love her, I'm so blessed, and I'm so proud to be her partner. In 2017, I finally finished my degree at U of T. 
and I finished strong. I did really well and exceeded my expectations. It's funny what happens when you start to take care of yourself, when you find the right meds for you and get stabilized. I was no longer that lazy person who failed classes. I had my struggles, but I was an A student in fourth year classes that I cared about. Since then, I've bounced around doing all sorts of things. I took courses at HackerU on JavaScript and web development. I pursued my love for coffee and was a barista for a year. Well, let's just say that employer was not great and things did not turn out. I worked at the Philippines Consulate General, no idea how, in the overseas labor office, serving Filipino labor migrants and caregivers. Let me tell you, a lot of them are in scary, precarious immigration and employment situations. But I tried to do what I could. I spent some time working at MP Omar Algabra's constituency office. I'm not a partisan. I don't affiliate with a certain party. But I've been friends with Omar for a decade, since I first campaigned for him in what must have been 2008. While we agree on most policies, and maybe disagree on some, I know him as one of the best people, and a politician with the utmost integrity, humility, and dedication to making Canada a better place. I'm proud to call him a friend. I volunteered for a great organization called Matthew House, who runs a program helping asylum seekers prepare for their hearings before the Immigration and Refugee Board whose decisions decide whether they stay as refugees or are sent back. The stories are gruesome and terrifying, and these people, these families, they deserve protection. Why would they lie? Except some board decision makers get them on technicalities, supposed, quote, contradictions in their stories, and just little details. But imagine all of the trauma that these people go through, and they're in a new country with little ability to speak English. And sometimes these decision makers just don't like the idea of refugees. That's why I ended up working at an immigration law firm for a bit, helping them with different applications like for spousal sponsorship, a pre-removal risk assessment, an asylum seeker's last hope for avoiding persecution in their old country. I started a few businesses, one with my mom selling Filipino indigenous face masks, and another which is a freelance business offering my web and graphic design skills. And I started producing a podcast with some friends, Cut 2, with Dryden and Katie. Oh, in quarantine, I finally finished playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I was once obsessed with Animal Crossing and making money off of turnips. And I've watched about 120 films since the start of COVID. Now I'm trying to figure out the next step in my career, and it is terrifying. I'm hustling hard to submit applications and build connections, meet new people, And there are some great people out there with amazing stories who are so willing to help me out and mentor me. I hope that maybe they see a bit of themselves in me, and I hope I don't let them down. But here's the thing. I'm insecure about my future because I'm insecure about my past. And before you give me some LinkedIn spiel about failing, you know, I've seen them. I've seen those posts about how you got rejected from something and you feel bad about it, or that you got stuck in your career. I mean... Listen, I don't want to deny your experience, but some of these people, I don't know if you actually get it. You have a particular skin color, your family has wealth and connections. And I fully acknowledge that I also have privilege. I'm not black or indigenous, and I don't identify as LGBTQ+, queer, or trans. But that darkness, the one that feels warm and comforting, that I just want to wallow in its waves, well, it's always hurt me. And it still hurts me. It haunts me every day. 
It tells me I'm not good enough. I don't have the qualifications. I don't have that master's degree. I don't have the work ethic. That shadow of who I was almost a decade ago when I was failing courses, it continues to haunt me. It tells me that I'm a failure and that's all I will amount to. I'm, I'm not here to complain that the world is unfair and cry about it. I'm not here to say that I've got it worse than everyone else because clearly I don't. I'm not here to say I'm jealous of all the people I went to school with who now have great careers, but who are truly bad people with selfish intentions, who hurt my friends, and who are actually really incompetent. You know, I'm not happy just not being enough. I'm not happy with being rejected from all of these jobs, from all of these grad schools, whose degrees I have to pay for to even play the game of building a career. I'm not happy waiting around any longer for someone to give me or hand me something. I'm not happy that everything I'm doing, all of the projects I'm taking on, are still not enough. I'm not happy being not enough. I want to make a difference. I want to help people. I want to have a seat at the table. I want to make decisions. I want to build a career for myself. I want to make a name for myself. If other people with worse intentions want that, then I should be willing to want that for myself because I know I can be better, do better, make the world a better place. When I was failing courses, when I was getting rejected, when the darkness threatened to take me, I felt like doors were shutting on me. Well, now I'm going to bust those doors down, regardless of whether some employer hires me or whether a grad school accepts me. I'm going to do it in my own way, the way I've always done it. I'm going to build for myself. I'm going to build communities. I'm going to build coalitions and alliances with people I trust. I'm going to empower people and amplify their voices so that they can tell their own stories. I've got more projects to come. I hope to accomplish them. And this podcast, well, it's just another step. My name is Angelo Giomatteo. I'm a storyteller, an advocate, and a community builder. I'm a proud Filipino-Canadian immigrant from Toronto. I live with the values of empathy and compassion. I stand for social and racial justice. Black lives matter. Indigenous lives matter. Queer and trans people should be allowed to live their lives and love freely and openly without fear. I am not afraid to use my voice. And if you don't like me telling my stories, if you don't want to work with me because I have opinions and I don't hide them, well, maybe I don't want to work with you. But if you believe in the same values as I do, if you love music and film and sports in the same way I do, if you think we need to change policies to improve the lives of people, I'm here. I'm ready to roll up my sleeves, use every skill I have, and do the hard work. I'm not that person I was almost a decade ago. I'm not that person I was five years ago. I'm a better person. I know who I am and what I stand for. And I'm determined to bust down those doors. Do you remember the 1990s and early aughts? There was this little booth at the corner of Queen Street and John Street in Toronto. You know, where the Chum City Much Music City TV building was? It was called Speaker's Corner. You could step in and just give a rant to this camera. You should talk about whatever, and they record you. And sometimes they would collect the rants and play them on a show on CDTV and Much Music. Well, my podcast is called At The Corner, in tribute to that. I'm at the corner of being Filipino and being Canadian. 
I'm at the corner of Mississauga and Toronto. I'm at the corner of music and film. I'm at the corner of policy and politics. I'm interested in the corner of mental health and life. I'm interested in the corner of immigration and technology. I'm interested in the corner of music cities and nighttime economies. Like the killers say, on the corner of Main Street, just trying to keep it in line, you say you want to move on and you say I'm falling behind. Can you read my mind? Like Charlotte Cornfield, I'm in your corner. Well, I hope you are in mine. On this podcast, I plan to rant about whatever I'm thinking about at that time, whatever I watched or listened to recently. I'm going to keep it a little shorter, maybe 15 to 30 minutes. I plan to talk about why I love before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. I plan to talk about what my beautiful dark twisted fantasy means a decade after. I plan to talk about why there needs to be aspects of transitional justice in the United States, and why criminals like Donald Trump his whole family, and Stephen Miller should not be allowed to get away with what they did. And worst of all, that Biden shouldn't use his pardon powers to heal the nation, quote-unquote, as Ford did when he pardoned Nixon. And how Trump's Republican cronies in his administration and Congress, those who enabled him, should not be allowed to be forgiven and given consultant or lobbying jobs, teaching positions at universities, or allowed to speak at lectures. And don't worry, there's a lot of time to talk about the Raptors and about broken social scene. I plan to bring friends on to talk about whatever. One friend wants to talk about why Columbus is a great movie. Maybe I might talk with another friend about Star Wars and The Mandalorian. Maybe I'll bring on my former student politics friends and reminisce about the good days, you know? I don't know. Maybe no one will listen to this. Maybe you don't care for my thoughts. Maybe I'm just screaming into the void. But like Speaker's Corner, I'm getting my thoughts out there, and you can agree or disagree. This is me, and I'm putting myself out there, making myself vulnerable, telling my story. So if you're listening to me and my stories, I appreciate it. Thank you. And there's more to come. I promise you.